Hello and welcome to Bittersweet Symphony. I'm Cleana Ryan, violinist with the Irish Chamber Orchestra, and I'm chatting to classical musicians about what happened in March 2020 when reeds, mallets, mouthpieces, bows were all packed away and the music stopped for the first time in our lives. Today I'm going to be chatting with Eden E. Connell, bassoonist with the Irish Chamber Orchestra, so a friend and a colleague. She's always on the move, so for her, lockdown was a huge change of pace. But it also came at a good time for her when her life was about to change in a significant way. We talk about this and about how the whole experience was bittersweet. We also have a good laugh about her workouts in her backyard and the things that her neighbours possibly saw. This is Ida Nikonel. So, because I just gave you a call about this about a week ago, and I wonder what, what your instinct was when I gave you a ring. When you phoned me up, if we had recorded it there and then, I'd have had a bitter, a sweet and a bittersweet. And now it's more like all one bittersweet, all in together kind of thing, I'd say, is what I'd say now. Oh, really? Yeah. So each memory has a little of everything in it. Yeah. I think it was really, it's a really good time to do it when there is a little bit of distance from it, I suppose, to kind of stop and reflect before we just go straight back into, you know, diving straight in kind of thing. Um, I was glad to have a reason to actually, you know, put in a bit of thought into it. What was the process of remembering and recalling like? Did anything strike you about that process? Uh, I suppose it was interesting chatting to Sam about it. I think because it was it covered such a long time, I think I had just remembered a few bits from big chunks of time. And then Sam said something that, that jogged a memory about kind of a two and a half month period that I just hadn't, you know, thought about at all because it was so long, you know. Yeah, there was like his memories were unlocking rooms that you kind of didn't know were closed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so take me back to um, the beginning of 2020 and what was going on for you and what were your plans? What were your hopes? I had, you know, nice work things in the diary that I was looking forward to. I had a big trip planned to go to the Alps with my ma and my aunt and uncle. Ah. We were going to go walking uh, in July 2020. Was that a really special holiday that you had planned? Yeah, it was a big deal. What was a big deal about it, Ida? I suppose I wasn't sure how many more opportunities we would get to do that. Mm-hmm. My ma is in fantastic shape, but she is 76 now. And I knew that I wanted to try for a baby and couldn't see how, how a three weeks in the Alps would work with having a baby or having a toddler or whatever. So uh, so I suppose, yeah, it just it felt like our moment to go for it. And would you have done something like that before? Even with friends, would you have taken three weeks like that? or 12 years ago, maybe, 13 years ago, something like that. Um, I had, but yeah, hadn't hadn't since then. That's a long time. Some people do that kind of stuff every year or two, Rita. Did you know that? I, no, I... I I've heard it, but I don't believe it. <laughs> and what else was going on for you? You were probably traveling, traveling a lot, were you? Yeah. Were you loving it? How did it feel? Yeah, I was. I was loving it. I think that at times I get the balance slightly wrong, but I think that I really, really like traveling. I really don't like living in London full time. I was getting to go to 
Ireland a huge amount. I was seeing family very frequently, which is how I wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. And so March happened. Yeah. W- were you in the UK or were you in Ireland? I was in the UK uh-huh. because I'm not in London full time. Yeah. You know, I definitely have a foot in both, which, like I said, you know, suits me. But it does sometimes mean that I don't fully feel like I fit in in either place. And the start of COVID was definitely one of those one of, one of those times um, because the message I was getting from Ireland was so different to the message from London. There wasn't the same seriousness initially, and I yeah, I just found it very hard straddling both worlds, I suppose, you know. When when you say very hard, what what do you mean? What was hard about it, I guess, is my question. I was torn because my gut went with what was happening in Ireland, but then it's hard to you, go against what's happening where you live. It's I suppose it's just, it's difficult to be out of step with everyone around you. So did you feel isolated there in terms of what you were feeling and... Yeah, I suppose I did. And there was, I suppose, there, well, there, uh, there was friction. Um, okay, that's difficult, yeah. And then, like, it got easier once the message changed here. But yeah. I felt like I was, you know, maybe worrying unnecessarily or, you know, um, being a panicky pants, you know. Um, panicky pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's quite an isolating position to be in, Ida. I'm sure it's really uncomfortable. Because there was that friction. I mean, was that friction with friends, with colleagues at home or? All of it, really, I'd say. Everywhere. Yeah. Do you want to kind of talk through what the 18 months kind of, you had some really kind of significant events in your life, didn't you? Yeah. So I I suppose that's why the whole thing is all tied up in, you know, one big bittersweet experience. Because a few months into lockdown, I got pregnant and seven months ago I had Fred. So yeah. So it was in May? Yeah, that was, yeah. So what were those few months like? What was it like being in London? Did you explore? Did you, did you run? Did you, what was it like? I didn't do a lot of exploring. It was very busy by us the whole time. Was it? Yeah, with people walking, running, cycling. Can you, did you have a flow to your days then or what did you do? Yeah, I did. So we have a backyard. You can take five steps in each direction. You can go skipping in it, more to the point. Oh, oh! So I did a lot of skipping. Okay. And then there's a step. So basically this became, the step became my my life, basically. So (laughs) I worked out that if you did it, step ups in chunks of 50 Right, so if you did 50 on the left and then 50 on the right, that was one tick. And then, you know, you'd, I'd do my five to get my gait. What do you mean you'd do your five to get your gait? You lost me there. So each time you did 50 on the left leg and then 50 on the right leg, that got you one, one. tick. And then another 50, that's two. And then you do your three, four, and then you're crossed through it. Oh, your gait. Yeah. I thought you meant G-A-I-T. Oh, sorry. No. I was like, if you do five to get your gait, wouldn't you be lopsided in some way? No, I get you now. Your gait. Is that what people call that? I love that. I never, it's a gait. That's exactly what it is. Okay. And so I'd mark it down and chalk. How it worked out is if I did it for, for four hours, 
I would do the same amount of elevation as I was going to do in one day in the Alps. For four hours. So, uh, so yeah, so that was one of the things I did to, to stay sane. Wow. Did you have any neighbours? Are you overlooked by any neighbours? I do have neighbours. We have still never spoken to each other through the whole of lockdown. We shall not speak of the step. <laughs> exactly. The step or the skipping or the running around in circles in the tiny little yard and then having to change direction because you'd get dizzy going one way, you know. Yeah, yeah. How long did you do that for? I did that as if I was going to the Alps. I then I accepted the Alps wasn't happening. Got pregnant and decided to do the amount of elevation I was going to do in the Alps. So I'd read about it each day and then do it like either on hills around by by me or out in the back step or a combination of both, you know, um, while reading about where I was supposed to be seeing in the Alps. <laughs> That's so amazing, Ida. So it was able to go like you developed the skill in the backyard and then it went beyond the step into the city. It did. <laughs> and can I ask actually, because you just said, because then I got pregnant and then I did da, 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 da. What did it mean to you to get pregnant? Is it, I don't know if that's too personal a question, Ida, or if you want to talk about that or. No, that, no, it's all good. It, I suppose, was the most long thought through kind of thing ever. In, in the whole world. Of all people. In the whole world, ever. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, actually, yeah, wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I get get it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I wasn't sure for ages if I wanted to have kids or not. Um, uh, There's just such strong ideas of what being a mum is. But uh, the ICO went to America in, I don't know, maybe 2013. Sam knew he wanted kids and I said I wasn't sure and I decided I'd go away and think about it when we were on this tour and I had a chat with Lisa Grossman about it on the bus. I was like, I finally realised I'm not sure if I want kids but I want grandkids. She was like, well then. That's so funny. So you can't have one without the... Well, can't have one. I, mean, I don't know. Well, yeah, so that was, that was the start of me realising that. Yes, okay, okay. Anyway, so yeah, so after, you know, after the Alps trip, we yeah, we just decided yeah. that I kind of got my head around it enough, I suppose. But uh, yeah, got there. I wonder, like, how did the situation that the world was finding itself in, how did that, were there blessings that came from that? Um, and were there also added kind of concerns or? I suppose, well, I mean, like, I, I was absolutely wrecked for the first three months. So I really appreciated not having to be at work or even see people. Like, that suggests that you mightn't have felt able to do that, to make that call for yourself. Yeah, like as a, as a freelancer, like it's, well, I suppose as a musician in general, like it's not, um, it's not really in our nature to cancel work, you know. Yeah. So all that was kind of taken off you, all those decisions and having to push through, that was all just lifted off your shoulders. Mm. Yeah, just because it is always, if you're sick or anything like that, it's so difficult to make a call. I mean, I often think of the Monty Python sketch with your man going, no, it's fine. It's only a flesh wound, you know. <laughs> He's like limbs have been totally cut off, you know. So true. <laughs> what was it like not to get home, Ida? It was hard, but I also like wasn't sure how I would have, you know, made it to the end of my road kind of thing. So wow. But of course, I assumed then that I would get home quite soon after. Whereas in reality, I didn't get home until July 2021. Wow. 
Do you want to just kind of tell me about some of these moments and some of these memories that you've been reflecting on in order to to hold on to them and to put them into this little this little time capsule that we're creating here? Um, that's a really nice way of putting it. Um, I think predominantly having a baby in the pandemic was positive for me. But there was um, a moment when I went to buy a maternity top. Sorry, when was this? Can you remember? Uh, October or November. Yeah, I put a, a few of them into you know my online basket, and then uh, and then I went to pay for them, whatever. And I was like, well, nobody is going to see my bump. So yeah, so I bought I bought one maternity top, and I ended up unzipping my jacket like in whatever November, or December, or whatever, and showing it and my bump to a friend, to one friend, because I was like, it's just too weird to go through a whole pregnancy and have nobody else see it, you know. Did you take? photographs of your bump no not really so you didn't get to kind of share the experience with friends and family really no so that so yeah that's part of I suppose why it would be bittersweet because there was definitely some some ups to that too but just I I hadn't really realized quite how you know Stark would be what would the upsides to that be um I suppose for someone who spent so long trying to work out you know get my head around it I kind of have been able to keep it a bit separate in a way it hasn't dominated the conversation oh yeah I mean I'm aware that like you know that it was something that you thought long and hard about but I but I'm aware now that this is what I'm asking you about yeah no I'd say that um the irony of spending so many years wanting to be able to carry on with my life while being pregnant or whatever and then I was essentially full-time pregnant which is you know did it feel like that that you became that became your 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 job in a way or something yeah and not not in a bad way um it gave me structure Mm -hmm. yeah and me being me I um came up with a training plan so I could be as you know fit and healthy as I could so actually I mean in from that sense I was I mean I was like I was loving it you know yeah just got to pretend I was you know (laughs) An athlete for a while, like Rocky, you know, <laughs> Eye of the Tiger. Exactly, <laughs> with <Brilliant>. your bump. <laughs> yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. So I had Fred in the middle of February, and at the start of January, we got a road bike and a turbo trainer. And I was like, "Oh, you know, might give it a go." And you know, and yeah, like Sam was like, "Yeah, get on, give it a go, come on." So actually, I do have some, I do have some bump photos or whatever, but they're, yeah, they're of things like that. (laughs) Um, But no, but I I think, I think the fact that, you know, with the pandemic and all, people obviously not, you know, not coming to your house to visit and all, that worked well for us. Like we just got to, you know, just do our thing, the three of us. Um, Yeah. Fred has, um, he has uh, an allergy. Mm -hmm. The diagnosis kind of happened when he was three and a half months old. So the lead up to that, he wasn't well. That was a very, very difficult time. Like if it had gone on for literally, you know, a couple of days more than I would have just gone back to Ireland, you know, regardless. But luckily, it it started turning around. We definitely learned an awful lot, myself and Sam, through having to do it on our own and not having the sort of support system we'd have had in normal times. Yeah. When you say difficult, Ida, I've actually no idea what you mean. Can you say any more about what difficult is, what what was happening? Yeah. And how did that make you feel? 
Well, he was very uncomfortable and, you, you know, we haven't had a baby before, so, you know, um, you don't know what, what's kind of normal or what isn't. He'd fall asleep and then about 10 minutes later, wake up and start crying. And then this would just repeat itself throughout the day and night. Trying to change his clothes, change his nappies, you know, was just the most traumatic thing. Mm-hmm. The group of us who had babies at the same time, you know, um, you know, the babies were beginning to smile and he, he had begun smiling that, but it was very infrequent because he spent so much of the day upset. Um, so I wouldn't take a photo of the smile. Like I'd, you know, enjoy the smile when he smiled. And then I'd do a screenshot of my phone so I'd have it so that then I, when I was next, like, oh God, you know, this baby hasn't smiled. Like, then I'd look at my photos and see when the last screenshot was and be like, it's okay. He smiled yesterday morning. You know, you'll get another smile at some point. He was too upset and uncomfortable to smile. So what impact was it having on you? Well, just, just, I suppose the, the lack of support that I felt was that I didn't know where you go, like, who do you contact in that situation you know I mean who's your first port of call to say like we need help we don't know what's going on how did you feel Ida with all of this um what words would you use to describe how you felt uh well overwhelmed Mm -hmm. very upset just very upsetting seeing a baby who was you know clearly very unhappy Mm -hmm. sad there was there was a there was a there was a real sadness in the flat I would say and I suppose pretty powerless. Mm. But I spent a lot of the time thinking that um, that someone had answers. Someone yeah. would be able to tell us what was going on. Mm. I just didn't know who that person was. And I found that pretty infuriating. You must have been so exhausted as well. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely exhausted. Luckily, we're both... Both of us were very good sleepers, so yeah. It's all that practice on tour buses. See? Came in handy. Yeah. <laughs> so you eventually got to the end of that. You got some answers. and Yeah, well, a weekend at the start of June, his skin started seeping. So I phoned the NHS and they, they said, bring him into the hospital. So I saw a pediatrician and it was her who um, said about the allergy. That must have been such a relief. Yes. How did you feel about the fact that that answer was possibly there in front of you all the time? <sighs> I suppose you would have had health visitors, you would have had a whole network of support, in-person support that you just didn't have. Yeah, and I I think even just having someone spend more time with us who'd have been like, that isn't normal now, something something is going on, you know. Um, We were a bit like, are we overreacting? Are we just really incompetent? you know, and we just can't cope, like, with Mm. having a baby, you know. And then in terms of other ones of these bitter or sweet memories that turn out to have a little bit of both in them I think that like coming back to work afterwards it has worked out very well for me I've been able to do what I wanted to do with um, having my identity and all that Um, it has allowed me space to decide how I want it to be in a way that I think it mightn't have as easily if there hadn't been the pandemic on. So the first bit of work I did was when Fred was two months old. And when I turned up, they asked how the pandemic had been or whatever. And I just kind of said, oh, you know, uh, you know yourself kind of thing or something. Like it was like later on in the day that was like, oh, like I haven't said that I have a baby, but now I think the ship has sailed. You know, you can't say it now. Like, you know, it's a bit weird. <laughs> 
So, yeah, so I went home and I was like, oh, okay, I need to remember that those colleagues don't know, but okay, and now I have a secret baby. Oh, I'm not sure I wanted a secret baby, but... Uh... Just some grown man will show up someday at a concert and you'll be like, this is my child. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, well, you live and learn. So, you know, but it, it just, I don't know, it has just meant that I have been able to work it out for myself a bit more first before I saw lots of people and chatted about it and whatever. So that's been a sweet part for me. The bitter part, of course, has then been that one of my friends here said, you know, he didn't know if it was worse to see a baby and not be able to hold the baby or smell the baby. Or would he prefer to just not see the baby at all? You know, he found it very difficult to see see a baby but not have any contact with him, you know. Um, Can you tell me about when your family first got to meet Fred? It was a bit bizarre because we had come from, you know, we'd had Freedom Day or whatever here. Yeah. And in Ireland, like, you know, indoor seating hadn't kind of started properly going. And, you know, it was, um, yeah. it was a bit a bit bizarre and to be honest it was a bit of a shock being in Ireland anyway. A bit like the beginning I suppose. Yeah 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 it was but I remember once we, once we got to Cork I was just really surprised by how totally normal it was like it was just yeah we're here with a baby and we haven't seen any of you you know in a year and a half and that's it. Gosh of course because because the last time they saw you you were Ida and Sam. Yeah. And and then this time, like you had a family. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing about that you're saying about getting to control the narrative around you, you becoming a mother. Well, just work it out for myself more. Yeah. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. To work it to work it out for yourself. And is it about your professional life or is it about the whole picture? It's not, it's not just professional. It, it, it's me and how because I suppose I would say that the word mum I still don't identify with I'm very comfortable saying I have a baby mm-hmm. but I wouldn't refer to myself as a mum yeah um, uh, there's a physio I go to see here and so I went to her and got you know um, a list of like rehab exercises to do or whatever and once I'd completed her rehab then uh, then she gave me the go ahead to go back climbing mm-hmm. and so I was going climbing a few times a week on my own yeah so that was all good and then maybe about six weeks ago we went climbing a few times as a family so and it worked really well but I found it a bit jarring because when I had been on my own I was Ida yeah but then as soon as I'm there with the baby and you know I just found that there was more to it it was more loaded I suppose yeah it was just like that bit of me when I was climbing just I had an extra bit of me with me that I didn't necessarily want when I was climbing you know yeah I think in a way that Sam wouldn't have had yeah I wonder what it would be like to take away the gendered language from that and be a parent yeah that is the language that we use I would definitely I'm I'm absolutely fine saying that I'm a parent yeah more freedom there's more freedom in it isn't there yeah yeah it definitely is. I'd never really thought about that before, Ida. Thank, thanks so much for bringing that to my awareness. If I pressed you to off the top of your head, a bitter memory, a sweet memory, pluck something from the air, just like that. It doesn't have to be the one. Okay. Um, the Alps trip being cancelled. Yeah. Was a bitter one. Yeah. Sweet memory. 
I had I had a really 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 gorgeous day the day with the ICO winds and it was you know not not entirely comfortable it was still COVID it was like oh you know but it was uh, really 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 good to just get to just play some really nice music with some lovely people you know you probably had a laugh as well I mean we may have had a laugh or two. <laughs> I'd like to thank Ida for being so open about her experience becoming a parent. The struggles, the difficulties, the joys and the pressures and expectations that come with the label mom. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would love if you'd keep listening, but I'd also really appreciate if you'd like and subscribe and then you'll never miss an episode. Join the community by using the hashtag Bittersweet Symphony to share your own thoughts and experiences on Instagram at ryan.cleana, on Twitter at Cleana Violin, and on Facebook at Bittersweet Symphony Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.